Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech the Shabbos Perak Yud Mishnah Vov. Finishing the tenth Perak, we'll move on to the eleventh Perak with Mishnah Aleph, and we are moving on just for this Mishnah for a temporary pause from the laws of transferring, from the laws of Hotzah, and we're going to deal with certain laws that have to deal with personal grooming. Now, why are we putting it in here? I had a couple of thoughts. One is because we'll see that potentially there is a Malacha Shenatich Legufa. The concept we discussed in the previous Mishnah, that when you do a malacha, but you don't do the act for the purpose of the intended malacha in the Mishkan. As in the example we gave, you dig a hole, but not for the hole, but for the dirt. So there was machlokas in the previous Mishnah, if one is liable, that may apply in our Mishnah, although it's not so simple that does. Or perhaps because we're dealing with the laws of Shinoi, and that did come up in the previous Mishnayos. So, a person removes his fingernails by using his one finger to pull off the nail of the other. He doesn't use a uh, knife or a nail cutter, but he bites them with his teeth or he peels them with his fingernails. Or if one removes hair um, from his mustache or his beard by plucking it with his hand, or if a woman braids her hair or parts or paints her eyes or parts her hair. So in all of these cases, are we Right, it allows that you're, 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 you are in violation of a few different malachas. So that for the cutting off one's fingernails uh, there and, and cutting one's hair or plucking out one's hair, that is the malacha of gozes. Literally, it's normally used for shearing, as in you can't shear a sheep, you can't cut one's fingernails. And when it comes to braiding one's hair or painting one's eyes or parting one's hair, Rabbi Elazar says you're actually high for the malacha of building. It's a told of building that you're you're doing something permanent that um that uh like kind of building a structure through braiding your hair and painting one's eyes the malacha of writing. Now, just for a quick moment, I want to focus not on the on the la- latter cases, but the former cases, and that is removing one's fingernails. So, as we just mentioned, the concept of malacha sheino trich legufa is when you do a malacha, but not for its intended purpose. So, normally, gozes is a tolda, gozes is a, uh, is, excuse me, analogous to a different malacha, that of kotsir, that what I'm not allowed to do is I'm not allowed to cut, I'm not allowed to harvest. I can't go and harvest all my tomatoes, and why not? Because I'm then going to have tomatoes which I'm going to put in my delicious salad. Meaning to say that the malacha, the actual malacha of kotzer, of cutting, is so that I, I cut, I harvest to have produce. And, there, and therefore, if I harvest but not for the produce, that would therefore be a malacha trenetzichilagufa. If for some reason I decide to harvest because I want to be destructive or because I just want to uproot my tomato plant, so that would not be a malacha on the level of daraisa, according to Rabbi Shimon, and according to Huda Wood, because he is machayv one of malacha trenetzichilagufa, but Rabbi Shimon would say no. Again, the, the, the principle is that you're only a chayiv, according to Rabbi Shimon, and, which is the way we pass and the way we... we we, 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 we follow that you're only obligated, you're only liable if you do the malacha for its intended purpose. So just like if you dig a hole, but only for the dirt, not for the hole, one is not liable on a level of the orais, on a biblical level. So too, if one were to harvest plants, but not for the fruit, they wouldn't be obligated, they wouldn't be liable on the level of the orisa. Well, if that's true, so it seems to be the analog case of gozes, of shearing, is I shear the sheep because I want the wool. That's why I'm. That's why I'm liable. Meaning to say, if I shear the sheep not for the wool, but for some other reason, not just because I want the sheep to look nicer, one can potentially make the argument that I wouldn't be liable on a level of the orais on a biblical level because I don't 
intend for the wool. I intend just to lighten the burden of the sheep. And if that's true, so the question then everyone asks is why, if you cut your fingernails, is one liable for gozes? Meaning everyone says, both the real and we'll see in the Chachamim are going to say that if you cut your fingernails using a nail clipper or in a normal way in which it cuts, when you don't employ a shinoi, such as your teeth or your or another finger, so then everyone's going to say you're liable. You're obligated on a level of the The only machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim is, if, is it a shvus? Is it the Rabbanon to do it in an unnor- in abnormal, unusual fashion? Or is it actually the But the question again is, why should it be a problem altogether at the end of the day, no one's keeping their fingernails. So you're removing your fingernails not to keep them, whereas a normal case of gozes, or for that matter, kotzer is, I'm shearing the sheep for the wool, I'm chopping, I'm, I'm harvesting the fruits for the fruits themselves, not just to have empty plants. So the Bir Allah already quotes Rivash, and he thinks really everyone holds this, and that's as follows. He says that when it comes to these malachas of plucking ones of plucking out one's hair, removing removing one's fingernails. There, what is the actual malacha of gozes? It's not for the fingernails, of course, but rather it's to beautify one's body. You want to make yourself look nicer, and that itself is a a, a malacha to beautify one's body. So much so that even though I don't intend to keep the fingernails, but the fact that I am beautifying my body that makes it and ri- rises it to a level of the orisa that the intended malacha, the malacha machshavitz, the malacha is legufo. The malacha is to beautify one's body, and therefore, even though I don't keep, intend to keep the fingernails, the the fact, the mere fact that I'm I'm cutting the fingernails off or I'm removing hair that makes one more beautiful, and therefore I'm I'm liable on a level of the orais, on a biblical level, for doing so. Now that we have established that, the only machlokus between the debate between Rabbi Elazar and the Chachamim is when you do it in an abnormal fashion, do we say it's still the orais, or for Chacham Moser Bishem Shvus? Chacham say, no, it's only Aser, it's only, it's only prohibited because of biblical decree. As in, it's not actual building, it's not actual writing, it's not actual cutting because of the shinoi that's implied. And in the case of in, in the building, excuse me, in, in writing, so you're not writing on, on, on paper, and you're not actually building, and therefore, in those cases as well, it's, it's only rabbinic. The Mishnah continues and says, if one were to harvest from a potted plant, but the potted plant happens to have a hole on bottom, so we assume as so long as there's a hole on bottom, it's considered attached to the ground, even though it's physically not attached to the ground, but the hole, when you have dirt touching from the pot to the actual ground, it's going to draw sustenance from the ground, and therefore we consider it to be attached, so much so that if one were to harvest or one were to take off, pluck off a tomato from your potted tomato plant that has a hole on bottom, that would be biblically prohibited. That would be considered harvesting on a biblical level. Um, meaning to say that if there was no hole on bottom, if there's no hole on bottom, it's not considered attached and one is exempt. Again, it might be Durabon, it might be rabbinically prohibited, but on a level Daraisa, if you have a plant sitting in your house, so then the assumption is one on a level of Daraisa, one could in fact pluck off those tomatoes because it's not attached to the ground, so it's not considered harvesting. However, Rabbi Shimon does not hold to this rule. Rabbi Shimon rejects the concept that just because there's a hole in the bottom of the plant, we assume therefore it's strong sustenance, so much so that we consider it attached, and therefore he says if one were to um, if one were to pluck off a tomato from a, a potted plant, even if there's a hole, we don't recognize that as attached to the ground, so one is in fact exempt. Mishnah Aleph of Parak Yud Aleph, the first Mishnah of the 11th Parak, we're returning now to the laws of Hotzah, back to our regular scheduled programming, dealing with the laws of carrying. 
Now, here we're not going to carry it, but rather Hazorik we're going to throw. Hazorik Rishosa Yachid, Rishosa Rabbim, person standing in Rishosa Yachid. Think about those little children standing 15 floors up in the Marpeset in Israel, and what is their favorite activity? Taking whatever they have in their house and throwing it into the public thoroughfare. So you take an uh, item and you throw it from Rishosa Yachid, Rishosa Rabbim. So you don't carry it, but you throw it, or vice versa, Rishosa Rabbim, you're standing in a public place and you chuck it over the wall, Rishosa Yachid. Chayev, one is, obli- one is liable. But what if you do as follows? You are standing on one marpeset, on one, on one um, balcony, and you throw it over the public street, over Broadway, so it's a public area, and it lands in your friend's balcony. So what happens? You technically only were standing in a public place. The thing was in a, excuse me, in a, in a private domain, and you threw it and it landed in a private domain, but since it passed over a Rishush Harabim, do we look at the fact that it passed through it as if you carried through Rosh Hashanah, or because you threw it, we do not look at it that way? Comes along Rabbi Kivan, he says as follows. There's a concept called Kulto Kemesha that so long as an object is in an airspace, we consider it as if it is caught there, and therefore it's as if it rested there. So if one were to throw from Rosh Hashanah, from a private domain to a, pri- to a private domain, and it goes through the airspace of a public domain, assuming it's within 10 swachim of the public domain, we look at it as if it gets caught there, and therefore it rests there for a minute, so one would be obligated, one would be liable. The Chacham and Batur Mechom say no, they reject this principle that just because something passes through a public area, if it doesn't rest, so that it never did rest, it's not caught there, and therefore one would not be liable for throwing from Rosh Hashanah through Rosh Hashanah and only landing in Rosh Hashanah on the other side. I wish you all a wonderful day.